0: Welcome to Dragon Football Weekly presented by Appalachian Gun Range, your go-to for pickings football all this season. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker in studio this week. Uh, also excited to have a um, special guest with us uh, in studio this week. Jess from just up the road in L.J. give us a little idea as we uh, do embark on this rivalry week, getting that renewed. As I said uh, last week, uh, I think some people have forgotten we have not played uh, the Gilmer Bobcats um, since the 2019 season both the game in 20 and 21 were cancelled due to covid reasons jeff is shaking his head and uh, you got correct play, you. Jump played in, here, in
1: 2020 played in 2020 are you sure positive All right. per okay. j per the site we use anyway okay, okay. there was a well, i may have, I may have been
0: mistaken on that then
1: either way though um last year only the second uh, we had this bottled up before uh gonna pull it out later but we'll use it now last year was only the second missed meeting since 1957 so rightfully so uh, doesn't happen a a whole lot that that meeting gets missed
0: and and uh, this rivalry meaning more now too with the region realignment uh, for the first time in several years the Bobcats and dragons are in the same region again so uh, the the end result of Friday's game is going to mean a little more too uh, for that reason, Jess.
1: It will. It will play an impact on whether uh, one or both of these teams miss or make the postseason. Both uh, Gilmer, obviously, in much better standing than us at the moment. But uh, with a win chat Saturday, sorry, with a win Friday, that could change quickly. We'll have more on that with our special guest from
0: Gilmer County, uh, Luke Davenport, former. Uh, Player and uh, keeps a close eye uh, on the program every Friday uh, through his work as well. We'll have more discussion on with him later in the show, but for now, uh, looking back uh, to last week's game, the Dragons on the road in Dawsonville against Dawson County and what we knew would be a tough matchup. Uh, it did prove to be that way. The Dragons losing 27-0 uh, was the final. Just take us uh, through what we went, uh, what we had last Friday.
1: We knew we were in for a tough test, and it was evident uh, right off the bat as we opened uh, with a pick six. Christian Webb of of Dawson County took a a Sam Stryker interception to the house to make it 6-0. Pickens again forced to punt, and on the very next drive, Davis Glass, quarterback for Dawson, uh, punched in an eight-yard TD run, making it 13-0 with about four minutes left in the quarter, and then towards the end of the quarter, uh, Dawson tacked on another touchdown to make it 20-0. So it was evident very early on that uh, it was going to be as as tough as we thought. I actually think as the game went on, it, it kind of died down a little bit. Uh, they did have the big play 66-yard rush by Cade Molador with six and a half minutes left in the second quarter, but that was all the scoring uh, for the night. game was uh, – our job was not – done per se, but it was more or less at, at that point.
0: Yeah, a, a few things that I noticed um, that I wanted to point out. Um, Pickens really unable to take advantage of multiple turno- turnovers from Dawson County. Dawson also well-coached team, but had struggled with penalties all night long. Uh, neither of those factors, though, were enough
1: for Pickens to take advantage
0: of, it seemed like to me, Jess.
1: No, they weren't. Uh, they, I think they fumbled the ball four times uh, not, and I think three of those were maybe recovered by Pickens and not always in plus territory. Often Dawson was on a drive when they made those fumbles. There was the big uh, one that Pickens had the best opportunity off with a snap, shotgun snap goes over the quarterback's head. Uh, Trey Fields recovers that in plus territory and Pickens drives down unable to score. They had a, a handful of empty red zone trips. Shouldn't say handful, two, three empty, empty red zone trips. Uh, goal-to-goal situations where they were just turned over on downs, couldn't put any points on the board. I don't know that uh, those things would have changed the outcome of the game, but they definitely would have uh, made it look a little bit better and there were opportunities to put points up on the board.
0: Two questions for you wrapping up last week's game. First, what are your thoughts on the scoreless second half? What were the factors into that?
1: Well, I think point. Dawson takes the foot off the gas, for one. Now, I do think that our defense tightened up. I, I thought our defense actually played pretty well the whole game, despite the uh, 27 points allowed. Those were all products of big plays. Now, a lot of the scoring plays weren't big plays, say for the uh, Molador touchdown, but big plays led to those other touchdowns. And I think if you take away four or five plays that Dawson – maybe only puts a, a two touchdowns on the board. So I do think that our defense tightened up a little bit. Uh, a combination of Dawson maybe getting some other guys some playing time, taking the foot off the gas and really not a strong game throughout offensively by, by either team.
0: You you kind of touched on my second question. One of the keys you laid out going into the game was Pickens being able to be competitive in the game, not necessarily win but be competitive. Do you think they succeeded that? I guess Kind of going along with that, any positive takeaways you may have had?
1: I wouldn't say that they succeeded in being competitive. I don't think the game was much worse than, than I expected. Now, I, I, I shouldn't say that I go into any game or that we go into any game expecting a 27-point loss or a shutout, but I did not feel like they underperformed much below – uh, the expectation burst what I think is a top or one of the top two teams in the region. Now, there were definitely some opportunities they could have taken advantage of, but like I said, I don't know that those would have changed the outcome. Uh, I, there have been other games this season that I've walked away from feeling worse. I'll put it that way.
0: I, I feel what you're saying there. Um, needless, the, the conclusion of the game, Dawson remains undefeated uh, in region play. Pickens falls to 0-2 after last week's 27-0 loss at Dawsonville. Uh, First time those teams have played in over a decade, um, and they're going to get to see those teams regularly with the new region alignment. So we'll we'll see how that uh, plays out in the future. Um, As far as other games around the region and how things are shaking out, uh, we'll have that on the other side of this break. Stay with us on
2: Dragon Football Weekly. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper.
3: The word community means everything to the people of community bank of pickens county community is much more than a name to the owners and staff they're proud to be the area's only locally owned and operated bank and have a staff that lives in our area they've continued to offer in-person service at both of their full service locations while also offering you the latest online banking technology community bank of pickens county saying go dragons during this 22 football season member fdic Pueblo Cantina is Jasper's best Mexican restaurant. Local folks know they use only fresh ingredients and serve a wide variety of freshly made dishes. Restaurants come and go, but Pueblo Cantina has been open since 1997. Lunch or dinner, seven days a week. Come to Jasper's best Mexican restaurant, Pueblo Cantina, 25 Luke Carver Drive at 53 and 515 Jasper. Go Dragons!
0: Back now on Dragon Football Weekly, your go-to for Pickens football information brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range, located just off of Highway 108 and 515 in Jasper. Uh, again, I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Uh, discussing uh, now the uh, around the region how things are uh, panning out so far as we get further along. Jess, kind of uh, give us a recap of last Friday.
1: We'll start just by I'm gonna run through the standings and where everybody stands, and while we do that, I'll kind of uh, hit touch on what they did most recently. Dawson, lone undefeated team at three and 0 you know what they did last Friday. We just went over it. Uh, three two and one teams coming up. Two of those are Gilmer and Lumpkin County, who faced off last Friday. We're gonna go more in depth with our guest, Luke Davenport. Uh, here in a few minutes, but uh, the end result of that game was a 31-28 uh, Lumpkin win at Gilmer. Very good game from what we could tell. I'm looking forward to getting uh, more of a first-hand account, so both of those teams sitting at 2-1 in the region. The third two and 2-1 team is Wesleyan, who started off with an upset loss to Gilmer. They picked up a 22-17 win over White. Uh, I think they're kind of trending upward. They've got a big matchup this week that I'm going to uh, maybe make a prediction that not some uh, so many people expect. Uh, but we will touch on that and when we go through this week's matchups. Three 0-2 teams round out the region here. Those are White County, the Pickens County Dragons, and West Hall. All three 0-2 yet to pick up a win. That will change for two of these three teams at minimum this week Uh, I think the standings kind of tell a lot of the story about where the teams are now Uh, I think there will be maybe a resurgence from from white but it's really making itself kind of clear just uh, three, four weeks into the region schedule.
0: Alluding to that, and since you're thinking kind of things are beginning to shake out, what would be your power rankings at this point in the season? They've some stayed the same, but there has been some shift uh, throughout this point in the season. We're already past the halfway point, midway point. Uh, where where do you have things right now? Yeah,
1: so uh, all year I've been doing the tiers. I think we're kind of beyond that at this point where we just need to rank them one through seven. Uh, we'll start off from the back as I uh, have no choice but to put the three zero and 0-2 teams as the bottom three. I'll start with West Hall bringing up the rear. They just have had a hard time getting anything going. Uh, don't like doing this, but I'm gonna put ourselves pickings at six. They uh, can earn a few more uh, spots on the rankings by putting up a good performance, maybe even a win this week, but they just um, no way getting around it. I, I mean it feasibly I couldn't rank them over anybody other other than White County another 0 and two team. I am in a slot White county just above them. they've been uh, they were competitive against Wesleyan, and I think uh, they will have an opportunity to pick up their win this Friday. Now, where it's going to get tricky is these four teams. I'm going to put Lumpkin at four. I know they just beat Gilmer, and I'm about to rank Gilmer ahead of them. I think Gilmer might just be a tad bit stronger. They've had a couple seasons under their head coach instead of just uh, the first season by Lumpkin. Great rebuild job by both programs. And, of course, Lumpkin just picked up the win, but I'm going to put Lumpkin four, Gilmer three, and this is another team that I'm about to rank over uh, someone who beat them, I'm going to put Wesleyan ahead of Gilmer. I think uh, they were probably underestimating Gilmer a little bit. They had a long road trip up to Ella J. from Norcross, and I think they uh, just weren't at their best. I'm going to put them at number two. Uh, Dawson, I'm going to put it number one, but I don't know how long that might last. Uh, they've, they've certainly put up dominant showings so far. I think uh, that run might come to an end uh in just a couple days on friday
0: yeah we'll have a better idea friday night um as you're alluding to we know lumpkin county is going to get a bye week um after that big win at LJ last week they're going to be on a bye um several key matchups um this friday i'll let you get into it of course we'll do our best on friday night during our broadcast to keep folks updated with scores around the region um, i want to remind everybody of course um, we will be playing at home first time in over a month we will be back at home in that big rivalry game against our neighbors to the north gilmer county with the north side hospital pregame show beginning at 7 p.m kickoff at 7 30. jess where are the other teams going to be around north georgia at 7 30
1: friday night yeah of course uh you and i are most excited about our matchup but i we want to save that we're gonna just go we're gonna do our entire game preview with luke as well as luke bring uh, a few things from his past and a few Gilmer inside info if you will into it but we're going to talk about that whole game uh with luke lump can you said's on a bye white at west hall both teams looking for their first region win uh, massey has white as a huge favorite 28 points um that's four touchdowns for for you folks keeping up at home and that that is a large gap that they feel are between the two teams Uh, of course West Hall's season so far this year has a little bit to do with that I do think White will be successful in picking up their first region win but the big one is Dawson at Westland Massey has Dawson favored by 7 it's going to sound maybe a little petty that I that I didn't feel that impressed by Dawson last week, despite the fact that they uh, dominated our entire game and beat us by 27 points. But they just weren't as overwhelming as I felt like they would be. I felt like they lacked a little bit offensively. A uh, very good, strong defense, big physical team. But I think Wesleyan is going to have that size, and they're going to be at home. Uh, Dawson, not as much history, obviously, with Wesleyan. As some of these other teams, Wesleyan just moving up to 3A this year with the reclassification, and I think Wesleyan uh, will not only play them close, I think they can come and pick up an upset win this week at home. And this is, I mean, a lot of things can happen, but this could possibly be a de facto region championship right here. Whoever wins this game could end up uh, with a regular season title. Very well could, not
0: to get way ahead of ourselves in hypotheticals here, but if indeed Wesleyan, gets that victory, as you're alluding, they very well may. And it being potentially a de facto region title game, how would all that um, shake out? Because you have Wesleyan with a loss to Gilmer, you have Lumpkin, uh, or Gilmer with a loss to Lumpkin, then you would have Wesleyan with a victory over Dawson. How would Wesleyan still for sure be the de facto number one region champ, or would, could some of that
1: it wouldn't be a clinch if that's what you're asking it wouldn't be decided at this point that was me kind of forecasting who beats who um, so so basically if Dawson, they would hold if
0: Dawson wins they clinch most likely. if Wesleyan wins more factors to play.
1: Dawson would still not clinch mathematically because uh, Dawson Dawson could win they would be four0 if Gilmer were to win they would be three and one. They could beat Dawson then, I forget and Gilmer then, and Dawson have yeah. not played yet yeah yeah and, and I don't lumpkin and uh, Dawson also not played true yeah. so really Dawson they hold that three and0 record but they have played the three teams that are o and two so something something interesting to think about there is. far that strength of schedule goes they have not played any of the other top teams yet very good and I think that might show a little bit versus Wesleyan this Friday I actually think Wesleyan's the top team in the region I just uh, I'm not going to give them the number one power ranking when there is a team with them with a better record so they can uh, they can change that and sit atop my rankings next week if they can win on Friday
0: all fair points lots to watch for on Friday night and we will and keep you updated on the other side of this break, very excited to get down. What most folks probably want to listen to is uh, Insight on that matchup. Friday night uh, at home against the Gilmer Bobcats, renewal of that rivalry uh, here in 515 area. We are very excited uh, on the other side to have our, uh, our friend and special guest Luke Davenport uh, with Insight from the Bobcat program. Stay right here.
4: Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second-longest straight-A leapfrog rating streak in the state for 14 consecutive A ratings and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here.
3: Feed all the hungry people in your family at Culver's of Jasper. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Jasper is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Jasper, just in front of Walmart.
2: With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital.
0: Welcome back to Dragon Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range. Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Excited to be joined in studio now by Luke Davenport, our uh, insider from the north, uh, bringing the uh, inside of, of uh, the Gilmer Bobcat football program. Of course, he has a unique perspective. Uh, he is a, a former player. Um, he was there from 2009 to 2012, which was a 2013 graduate uh of the bobcats uh of kimmer high school and uh, he also covers games with etc um i hear they don't have as high quality coverage as uh, our radio broadcast necessarily but uh, uh all jokes aside uh, he he has a, a a good view of things on friday night especially when it comes to uh, uh, gilmer I also know he's i think done some youth coaching maybe a little he's done some officiating so uh, uh, lot of perspective you have Luke I think of of the game and of uh of Gilmer football it's
5: good to be on I feel like I'm sitting beside Scott Howard and Eric Zire so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I, I,
0: I I know Jess and I certainly wish we were
1: <laughs> yeah we will uh you know Luke uh, happy to have him here with us what we've got the opportunity to have it'll be the second kind of insider we have Tim uh, Towel from Fan, and we had him on. He does his own show kind of thing. Uh, Luke works behind the scenes with ETC, so we're kind of introducing him to the microphone here today. And I, I know he's gonna handle it, handle it really well. We're gonna have a good time. First off, right before the break, we'll uh, we'll get your look on the game with Lumpkin. I know we were uh, communicating throughout. You were feeding me with updates, and it was a uh, exciting finish. Just kind of. Take us through your thoughts, maybe a little recap of the game for the per-
5: folks who were paying attention to Pickens. Well, if you were not there last Friday night, um, you might as well just brought your sleeping bag and pillow because it was a long game. Uh, the first half, I think it ended around nine o'clock. Uh, there were so many scores in the first, you know, the first half. Uh, I think there was um, what was it, twenty-eight points in the first quarter. Uh, it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, I think there was twenty-one points scored in like less than a minute and a half uh, going in, and then the Bobcats took it up um, to 21-17 going in the half. Um, going into the second half, uh, there's not much scoring going on. Um, the Bobcats couldn't find anything. Their offense, which wasn't working, um, defense was there, uh, just just couldn't capitalize on uh, you know big plays like we were in the first half. Um, the Bobcats had a chance to take uh, put it away, but um, with a fumble with three minutes left, uh, gave Lumpkin plenty of time to go down and score uh, with 36 seconds left uh, for the Bobcats to try to do something and just wasn't able to capitalize on that.
1: Yeah, I know in a, in a situation like that, we'll talk about this when we talk about Coach Standard and uh, the Bobcat team, they're mostly a running team. So when they're going to be trying to fight from behind like that, it is going to be going to be tough. You, you talked about all the scoring. I know there was a moment when, when we were texting and you were like 14-14 and then it was 17-14 and then it was 21-17 and these were all in the matter of time before I could even give uh, one single update to our listeners. So I, I know it had to be exciting and it was a, a big game as far as seeding goes. I don't know that it will play uh, much of a factor in and who makes the playoffs, so at least not the way things look right now. But it could be the difference in a in a home playoff game for one of these two teams.
0: Yeah, it definitely could be. I know uh, Jess and I are always proud to be in uh, green and white on Friday nights and covering the Dragons. But we were a little envious of uh, what appeared like you had a, a much more uh, fun game, competitive game in LJ than we did in Dawsonville. But um, Luke, I want to travel a little back in time with you. Um, Go back to your playing days. Uh, I know s- some of your time was under Coach Tankersley, I believe. Not all of it. Um, I don't think. Uh, maybe tell us about who all you played for, what was things like um, during your time as a player, and um, specifically, I want to get a little into the Coach Tankersley days because uh, he did see a-, a good deal of success during his time at Gilmer and has seen success at his couple stops since Gilmer as well. So.
5: Yeah, so when I came in as a freshman, um, that was Tank's first year. Um, we went um, 0-8 our freshman year, so it was a, re- a rebuild year, uh, basically. Uh, my sophomore year, we went uh, 4-6, and and we actually beat uh, Dalton in a play-in game, 15-14, to um, to put the Cats into the playoffs for the first time, and I think it was over a decade. Uh, my junior year, we kind of hit down, down slope, and uh, I think we ended uh, five and four. And then my senior year is when it really took off for Tank. Is uh, we went eight and two, uh, lost to uh, uh, Dalton in overtime, uh, double overtime, and then we lost to River Ridge on a field goal with ten seconds left. But we ended up going to the playoffs that year and ended it in first round against uh, Marist. Um, But after that, I think Tank had, what, three years left after that, two or three, and uh, ended up in the playoffs uh, one more time, and then uh, was gone. Um, But playing under Tank was a a unique experience, I would say. Um, He wasn't like the old coaches you see now. He was kind of a young guy still, and uh, he would treat you like a brother, but then he, I wouldn't say cuss you out, but he'd get on to you. Uh, like a coach so I mean he, he was a great guy to play with um, he had great coaches that he brought in from uh, different counties um, to run the offense run the defense and um, I guess that's what you know made him successful uh, throughout his career at Gilmer yeah
0: my time at uh, PHS uh, so my freshman year was your senior year and um, I know we lost my freshman and sophomore year we were going through a build rebuild too. you unique My first year was Chris Parker's hit first year. So we were starting to go through that rebuild, and uh, I remember it was my junior year. It was fall of 2014 was the first time we beat Gilmer in, I don't know, a long time, five, 10 years. Um, And then we we had success for a long time after that. But, um, and that was about the time Coach Tankersley left. Since that time, Gilmer has really struggled. Um, Tank left uh, for Ridgeland now at Stevens County. I don't know. I don't have the number right in front of me. Maybe you have it. I think they have went through four, maybe five head coaches. Four coaches It is four, four and five years. Four and four coaches in five years Wasn't since it? he yeah. left. They do now have Paul Standard on his second year now, um, yeah. and and things. Yeah, he's be-
1: actually the sixth since he left. There was a period of four and five years. Okay. Uh, Saunders had a little bit. Uh, he had two years year yes. and
0: part of a year, I think. I don't know if he yeah. finished.
5: There was uh, one year. I can't remember the coach's Jay- name. Jason Galt yeah. is who you're talking about. About half a season. Uh, they had
1: yeah. early exit, had an interim. Yeah. And Casey, yeah, Wingard up, yeah, Casey Wingard followed him. Casey Wingard, unfortunately, led the team through uh, three. O- and, well, I guess the first one was a portion of, of his season, a portion of Jason Galt's, and then two more 0-10 o- seasons. I guess uh, – we're not just doing this to, like, rub it in or rivalry type stuff, but what was feel around the community during those times and, and you as a, as a former player, just what was the buzz around town or lack thereof really?
5: Uh, Gilmore football was dead. I mean, literally nobody cared. You know, I, I knew Casey. He was a leg coach my freshman year. He came in, great guy. Um, I mean, everybody loved him, and I was hoping he'd do good do uh, do well and it just it, you know, it didn't cut out for him. Um, but he's still a great coach. Um you know, he's you know, the cars just didn't fall his way. Um and it the community was just is dead. Nobody wanted to go watch because, you know, I think it was the twenty seventeen season. Uh Gilmer altogether scored twenty eight points um through the whole year. games. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean it was it was a hard team to watch. Um but, you know, you just gotta stick with them. And then uh there's always them, them rebuild years and here we are again in you know, twenty twenty two, firing back up.
0: Yeah, I wanna shift with that to, to Coach Paul Standard and and you know, I don't know, we we've alluded to some of the success Gilmer was having and Coach Standard some during our broadcast as we updated kind of what's going on, but we hadn't had to focus in. A little history for the fans out there. So Paul Standard um, came to Gilmer last year after twenty seasons at St. Pius. Um, eight region championships, two state championships appearances. Um, he has uh, already led Gilmer their most wins since 2014. You knew Coach, he's been around a long time, old school style, runs wing T-type offense. We can get into that a little more uh, later when we talk about this week's matchup. But tell us, as someone who lives in Gilmer County as an alumni, what is it meant to have Paul Standard and how has things really done a 180 in this basically a year and a half that he's been
5: there. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When I when I first heard they were going to uh, hire Paul, I, I was like, great. We're getting a big-name coach that's old that, you know, is just coming up here to retire, you know, and leave the program what we had, you know, four coaches in, what, five years? And uh, I thought that's, you know, the case that was going to be. Uh, but, you know, last year, what, going three and eight and then – this year, you know, starting out at five and two, um, he's really changing the program, and I think people are starting to turn their heads and um, you know respect him a little bit. And um, I've talked to you know families around uh, the community that their sons play football with, or that their sons play football, and uh, they all respect him. You know, all the kids love him. Uh, he seems like uh, he knows what he's doing. Well, he, he probably does know what he do, he's doing, but um, but yeah, they seem to respect him and you know he's just bought he's brought back that Bobcat you know pride uh, through Gilmer County
0: well I want to shift real quick too to the rivalry uh, uh, I want to say uh, go ahead uh, something
1: Sorry. about something about uh, standard real quick there I think I, I don't think it will uh, he would mind me saying something something like this I think it was public that he did want to come to Gilmer to uh, add on some more public school years as as I mean, you know teacher retirement that sort of thing but I think it was very important for the state that the program was in, even if he only is, is with you guys for four to five years, just the state that it was in, that it was important to get someone in there who would get the team some wins. And he has is, he is absolutely done that. And I, what I think that will breed is that when the next time to hire the next coach comes, that it will be a more attractive position. Uh, so even though he is – just kind of a a stopgap for what's next. I think it was very important to get him in there. Uh, We talked about his old school play. This is another, I guess, I hope he wouldn't mind me sharing this too. I got a kick out of it and I appreciated uh, that he spoke to me like uh, a colleague when when I I emailed to get information about the team or the season. Uh, One of the questions I always ask is style of offense and his words we're a we're a wing t very old school that's all i know and uh, it was just for a coach uh, to have that humility with all the success he's had i i, I enjoyed it so I, I wanted to add that little tidbit in before we move on to what i am most excited to talk about with the three of us in and that is the rivalry
0: yeah um, that's neat insight i had not heard you uh, that communication with coach standard yet so kudos to him uh yeah, I, I'm most excited. Uh, and I'll I, I tell you, I, I'm not going to go on a rant uh, about the rivalry. but and, and we have two Pickens graduates, a Gilmer graduate here. And y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But I think this rivalry means a lot, not just in football, but in everything. When we played, we wanted to beat Gilmer and throwing sticks out in the yard. And I think y'all felt the same about us. It's funny, because now, especially our group I feel like Jess and I some of our our best friends people we talk to most are from Gilmer and likewise we have a great relationship but it's almost like that sibling rivalry you're so competitive with each Mm. other I don't see that as much with these young kids it kills me my sister's age group she's um recent graduate from Pickens I didn't see it with her group I don't see it as much like the rivalry means much which is is disappointing to me but I'll get y'all's thoughts on the rivalry before that I do have to brag uh these two teams, to give an essence of the rivalry, have met every year since 1957 with the exception of 72 and 2021. Uh, Pickens does lead 35 to 27 overall, so uh, we've been dominant majority of the time. Um, but Luke, you're, you're our guest. let me go to you first. What, uh, what does this rivalry mean to you? How important do you think it is? and what is from the Gilmer side, you know, did, did y'all enjoy this rivalry? Was it a motivator as much as it is for us?
5: Yeah, so growing up, you know, you always heard of Pickens. You know, you always wanted to beat them. You know, going, uh, you know, Park and you want to beat Pickens. What is a dragon, you know? Why are they green, you know? (laughs) So we just hated that color, you know, hated dragons. Um, As a player, man, I mean, it was like on Friday nights or Fridays during school, I mean, Basically, the school would shut down because that's all you could think about was just you know going to Pickens and playing. And I'll give you this uh, little information: my grandpa served on the board of education for over 20 years, and every time they hired a football coach, he he always made or he always said, "I don't care what the record is of the football season; I just want to beat Fannin in Pickens County every year." Uh, so that was his uh, his main goal when he was hiring a football coach uh, through Gilmer. Um, but yeah, for rival. Against Pickens, man, it, it was – it's just hard to explain, man. It was just like you get you get in the locker room and it was just like goosebumps. Like you couldn't even think. You know, coaches tell you to, you know, live in the moment and, you know, don't overreact, uh, don't play stupid, don't play, with your, you know, with your emotions. But it was just hard in this game, man. I, I just remember every time we played over at Pickens, before they built that new locker room over there, you know, on the bottom, is um, – some of my favorite memories is just, you know, thinking you're the better team and uh, walking down that hill, and you're just like, man, we're bad guys right here coming down this hill. <laughs> uh and, you know, it was just, it was an awesome experience and I loved it, you know. And uh, you, you brought up the uh, all-time record between Gilmer and Pickens, and uh, i just like to bring out my all-time record against Pickens, and that would be uh, 4-0. <laughs> I was gonna say you probably felt
1: like the better team because uh, you were. You, you
0: were during time. your time play, I, I give you that, I give my, you that. Well, uh, I,
1: my input, I was I was going to circle back kind of to Tucker's. I did not uh, play football, nor w- was I a part of the team like Tucker was in his day, and Luke is a player. So m- I'm going to touch on more like what it is now, and I know Tucker led off with that. And I personally, like I said, we both have a lot of friends between the two, and I think a lot of that is bred by the Internet and social media and that sort of thing. I think uh, when – People were my parents' age, and they were in high school during their day. They might not have a clue of of one person who went to Gilmer County High School because there was not the Facebooks and Instagrams and and stuff like that to kind of introduce you to those people. The only people you would know would be the athletes maybe that you competed against, and you might not even know them by name. And I I think that the the friendships that are between – LJ and Jasper and and even some of these other counties. I think that has a lot to do with the rivalry kind of softening up. Because I mean, you're not going to do you know some of those ugly uh, prank type things when you when you truly have a personal relationship with with the person on the other side of it. And I think a lot of that is what has kind of brought the intensity and at least the kind of hatred side out of it a lot yeah that
0: was one of the things i was going to note that you kind of alluded to i mean i think a story and you mentioned your granddad luke i know my granddad uh played for pickens played football basketball basketball and um talk about that that rivalry being in them and he's told me so many stories of things they did against each other i mean they would go and tie goats to the to the post the night on Thursday nights, and they'd eat up and tear up the end zone. Or who you know, whoever they were playing at, and getting uh, getting black roses and sticking them at the fifty yard line. I mean, uh, graffitiing each other's stuff and um, all kinds of stuff. And Ethan, a little bit of more recent history, uh, been about ten years or so ago. Not necessarily a prank. This was a little more violent. Luke, you were part of this this team, but the the brawl in two thousand eleven fall fall two thousand eleven at Ella uh, you know, we're—I were, don't know if anybody got arrested or not—but it was clear the sidelines. I mean, that was a full-out brawl. I mean, so there, there is a, a deep rivalry in history here between these two teams.
5: Yeah, um, I, I remember that game. That was my junior year, um, and I mean, we were beating y'all. So I mean, I can't remember the score, but it—we were—it was, you know, it was right at the end of the fourth quarter. And uh, we were relaxed. I remember uh, me and another guy by the name of Garrett Rawson, we were just over there chilling. You know, it was a kickoff. Y'all kicked off to us. And, uh, you know, one of our guys ran it around the corner, you know, and just trotted off onto the sideline. And, you know, next thing I know, there's pushing and shoving. And uh, next thing I know, there's a full fight. And then here comes everybody from our sidelines. And uh, their sidelines is just, you know, it's it's a full brawl. And all I can remember is one of our coaches, uh, Jerry Barnes, he was our uh, get-back coach. He made sure uh, the head coach always got back, Tank got back. And uh, he turned around at me and Garrett, and he said, do not go over there. And me and Garrett, like, little scared dogs, and we just stayed on the sidelines. Because, I mean, the next week we still had a game, so we didn't yeah. want to be ejected. So, right. I mean, we had, I think, six or seven guys ejected. And thank goodness we were playing a, you know, a very bad Murray team. But, uh, yep. but, yeah, that did hurt us a little bit.
0: A lot of good memories between these two programs, and I know uh, I know that uh, there will be many more good memories to come. Um, focusing now on this game Friday night in Jasper, uh, Luke, your inside perspective, possibly a biased perspective, but uh, give me give me your predictions Friday night. What do you what do you expect to see?
5: Well, y'all probably think I'm going to tell you some just score that y'all think I'm going to say just something just you know 48 to nothing or something like that. Uh, but I, I really don't think it's going to be, you know, that bad. I, you know, it's a rival game. Um, it's going to – I think it's going to be closer than everybody you know, thinks. What was the uh, 14. spread? 14. 14. I, I'm probably going to go with the spread and even more, but I'm going to say it's probably going to be – the score is going to be 35-14.
1: And I think Massey actually had 28-14 was their implied score okay. as well. So, not not too far trailing for that. But uh, I guess are we gonna give all, are we gonna give one as well? You want us to give one too, or do we? I don't refrain we, from that we, sort of thing. Yeah, we're calling
0: the yeah. game, so I don't know if yeah. we can do that. Yeah, like Herb Street. Follow can. the Kirk Herb Street yes. rule. Yeah, let's do that. That standard. I, I will. Jess, why don't you give us um, some key players to watch on Friday night, real quick, and then we'll let uh, Luke, if he's willing, to give us a little in, any inside. Uh, perspective on if anybody beyond that or things he thinks well he uh, can
1: kind of confirm yeah. these for me uh, I'll only have stats to use and when a uh, one thing unique about Gilmer that when I was looking up these stats uh, per the stats they have 10 pass attempts in five games so uh, they they're not going to throw the ball unless they absolutely have to so all these yardages even for the quarterback are going to be a uh, rush yardage same for touchdowns uh, the quarterback is sophomore Isaac Relinger. He's got uh, 205 rushing yards and three TDs. Despite only 10 attempts, he does have one touch, passing touchdown thrown in there. Uh, Hunter Watkins, senior running back, he has nearly 600 yards and seven TDs. And then his uh, running mate in the backfield, Will Cocker, has also put up seven TDs and nearly 300 yards. Luke, you can uh, kind of confirm those for me and maybe add in anybody else that you'd like to.
5: Yeah, I mean – those are your three guys you're going to have to watch out for, especially the Kiker boy and the Watkins boy. Once they get around the corner, and if you ain't got speed out there, they're gone. I mean, that's two of the fastest dudes I've seen in a while play for gimmer County, and it I mean, it blows my mind how fast they are. Uh, but literally, when they're on the corner and they find a seam, they're gone. I mean, I think last, last week against Lumpkin, uh, both of them had over 60-yard rushes uh, for touchdowns. So, I mean – like I said, when they find a seam, they're gone.
1: Yeah, that will, I guess, it's almost encouraging to hear because Pickens, I think, really struggles between the tackles with their physicality and their size. So maybe if uh, speed is what we're working with there, maybe some way we can uh, neutralize that a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it could match up for the Dragons a little better, too, that they're sitting a passing team because the Dragon secondary has struggled all year long. So could be a decent matchup here. I, I think we'll have a competitive game. I still think... Well, I'm not going to say. I'm not going. I'm not going to give anything away. You'll have to. Uh, you'll have to tune in to us on Friday night to hear our, uh, our uh, analysis of the game. I'm not going to predict anything beforehand. But um, Luke, any final thoughts you got on on this rivalry on the game Friday night?
5: Nope. I just uh, I enjoyed being here with you guys, and uh, you know, always go cats. <laughs> Appreciate that, Luke. I'm glad
1: you came on. It was it was good. It, it was one of uh, it, I, I enjoy all the interviews. Uh, this is one of the my favorite ones i've had so far a lot of was more more casual than we have a lot of time. so it was, I, I like
0: that. It was good fun, fun amongst friends, uh, even if we are a rival friends. So, uh, Luke, appreciate it. Are you going to be there Friday night. I will be there. Luke.
5: I even got the ETC TV.
3: ETC, yeah.
0: Okay, so Luke will be there for uh, ETC viewers, but of course, we backup want, to, We want our to, our, loyal, our yeah. loyal fans to stay with us and remember always mute your TVs even if you have coverage <laughs> of the game and turn your radio <laughs> on for us. But uh, anyway, we'll be right back from this commercial. Final thoughts uh, ahead of the game Friday night. Again, Gilmer at Pickens, Northside Hospital, pregame show beginning at 7. Kickoff, 7.30. We'll be right back on the other side. Dragon Football Weekly, stay
4: with us. Dr. Matthew Camp at Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology welcomes Dr. Charles Newcomer to his Jasper office. Dr. Newcomer is a trained optometrist who can do regular eye exams and handle most common eye problems. Of course, Dr. Camp is still available for more complex eye problems. Dr. Matthew Camp and now Dr. Charles Newcomer welcomes you to Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology behind the racetrack on Interstate South Drive just off 515 in Jasper. Call 678-454-7329.
2: Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes, too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper.
0: Back now on Dragon football weekly again appreciate everybody that tunes into us I want to remind everybody you can listen to our podcast all season long wherever you listen to podcasts simply by searching dragon football weekly uh this was certainly a pleasure for us i think one of our favorite parts jess is always being able to to get inside bring on a guest to to give the, the fans different perspective and kind of just having a, a you know conversation we enjoy always good too when you, your friends can provide that insight for us as we had with Luke. But I know that
1: was a special treat for both of us to have him on. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, the stories that were able to be shared and, and that direct firsthand insight that we get I think uh, is interesting. I know there are probably uh, some folks who may prefer the, the Coach Myers interviews, and I think our plan is to go, go back to him uh, next week, as long as everything works out. But I, I enjoy uh, having a little bit of a change of pace, if you will. And I and the thing is, I think uh, you know these fans they they know pickings. so we can only provide so much to tell them about. Where when we dive into that opponent a little bit, it's almost all entirely new knowledge, and I think it's a lot more informative and and exciting and fun for fun for us too when we get to do that. Absolutely.
0: Uh, we, uh, we, again, appreciate everybody listening to the weekly podcast brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range uh, of Jasper. Uh, really looking forward to the renewal of this rivalry, again, for uh, region uh, region uh, competition on Friday night. Again, Northside Hospital pregame show, we'll have that beginning at 7 p.m. Kickoff at 7.30, the game at home in Jasper for the first time in over a month. We'll have coverage of that game all night, Friday night. Be sure to tune in on 93 7 and 98 1 FM as well as streaming online by going to WLJA radio.com. Click to listen, WPGY. We'll have coverage of that. Any final thoughts on what to expect
1: Friday night, just as far as the actual game itself? Uh, it's, uh, expect a, a good, a fun night. Uh, whether you get to come out and be in attendance, I think it'll probably be one of the biggest crowds of the season, or uh, if you're listening to us at home. Uh, I'm watching you will have a uh, video feed available to you. we, we do request that you get, that you keep our audio feed on, but uh, I, th- I think it'll be a good competitive game. I think the teams match up well despite their their current records on opposite ends of the spectrum and uh, I'm excited about it.
0: Absolutely. Be sure to tune in Friday night. Again, we appreciate everybody listening to Dragon Football Weekly. This is a product of Tri-State Communications Sports Network. We'll have coverage beginning with the Northside Hospital pregame show at 7 on Friday and kick off at 7.30. We'll see you then.